the way you actually grow into it and get clients on it is in the beginning, I just want to like be very clear on this. Likes ain't cash. You're going to be tempted to just write the regular threads that get the most likes, which is like 10 books that'll change your life, 10 mental models that'll change your life, which everybody posts, by the way, everybody does. And that might get you likes, but likes in cash, right? So what I would do is actually be very good at proving what you're good at, your expertise, which is the skill that you chose. What is up, my friend, and welcome to the Dan Go Show. I'm your host, Dan Go, coach to high-performing entrepreneurs and professionals. And what we do at the Dan Go Show is tease out the best practices of the highest-performing entrepreneurs in the world while sharing cutting-edge, evidence-based information to help you become healthier and wealthier. So if that's what you're into, you're in the right place. Click that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts so every time one of my episodes goes live, you'll be the first to know. Hey, what's up? And welcome back to the podcast or welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming along. And I have this amazing interview with JK Molina. And JK Molina, uh, I have seen him grow for the past two years on Twitter. We, we actually just started uh, almost at the same time together. And he has done two things. He has grown a very successful coaching business. And he has also uh, grown a SaaS company into the seven-figure range, and he's done it while having English as a second language and also coming from Guatemala. So in this particular podcast episode, we talk about all things uh, in terms of what his life was like uh, going door-to-door selling perfume in Guatemala, what advice he would have for someone that is just starting out in business, and his experience working for free at the age of 17 for nine months in order to gain some skills. And then we also have just like these really cool conversations uh, about the little uh, subculture that is Twitter. And uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. And without further ado, here is the interview I have with J.K. Molina. All right. Here I am with J.K. Molina. What's up, King? How are you doing? What's up, man? It's, uh, it's good to finally have you on a call. Sort of thing. Yeah, we were talking a little bit before this podcast and, uh, and I was saying that I'm just embarrassed that we have not got on a call with each other since knowing each other for about two years, being a part of this whole Twitter subculture. And uh, I just want to formally apologize to you. We'll never let that happen again. After this, we're, we're going to have a, a face-to-face meetup in person. I promise that. It'll happen. All right. All right. So I want to start this off. Uh, and I want to bring you back a, a couple of years right now. So you're in Guatemala. You're, you're selling perfume door to door. And yeah. if you were to say one thing to the JK Molina that was selling perfume door to door and tell him everything that has happened since, would you think that he would actually believe it? I don't, I don't think so. Not really. It's because uh, <laughs> a lot, a lot changed. Like if I, if I told him that he would be making a living writing tweets, that'd be like, not really believable, but it's been a great journey, man. And I'm uh, just all grateful for that, really. Absolutely. So so what do you feel like you've learned uh, throughout this whole journey? Like, how long do you feel it's taken you to get to to get from, uh, you know, just starting to write on Twitter to to what you're doing right now, which is owning an agency, having a 
million dollar SaaS company, and uh, and now we're helping some people get in shape as well. But what are the biggest lessons that you've learned since then? The biggest one was that you kind of already know everything that you need to do. Like everything's already inside you. Like uh, I remember, like starting my journey, I was like, "Yo, Dad, I need I need some fitness help." And essentially, it was like, "Bro, just work out more and eat less." And it's kind of what we all know what we need to do. It's like, okay, I need to make money. How do I make money? Well, you find something that people want and then you sell it and you reach out to as many people as possible. And it's like we all kind of overcomplicate stuff. Like it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination, but it's actually very simple. We kind of all the answers are already inside of us. We already know what to do. So that was a big one. And, uh, just the numbers game, man. Like if you have an offer and you have traffic, like those are the two biggest things you need in business. Just have a good offer and just drive as many eyeballs to it as possible. You're eventually going to make money. So yeah. I really vibe with um, the statement, which is like, like in the beginning, just execute like a dumb person. Like I just, I just did, it. I just reached out to as many people as possible. Eventually something will happen. So that was the biggest one. Everything you want is already like, you already know what to do. Yeah. Something that uh, I want to say that I admire about you is, uh, is number one is your, your absence of fear to actually try different things than other, than other people. So I remember like, uh, you know, when we first met each other, we were both, uh, kind of starting out on Twitter. It was in 2020 when COVID hit. And, um, you know, when you started out, you started writing, but you were also doing graphic design a little bit on the side. Uh, you know, you were, you were basically trying all these like different hats uh, back then and you weren't scared to, to try it and you weren't scared to to even like contact other people to see if they wanted what you were selling. The other thing that I that I just like admire about you is the fact that you're not scared of asking for help, right? Some people are so proud to to not ask for help and they'll, they'll be like, I'm just going to figure it out myself. But like when it came to like the fitness stuff, um, you know, you're just like, you know, what do I do? And it was just like, do this, do that. You're like, all right, cool, bet, done. And then when it comes to everything else, it's like you you really are acting like a person that that is not scared to even ask for the things that they the things that they want and the things that they want to know. And one of the things that um I I've been uh finding out during my research is actually the fact that at 17 years old, you worked for free for nine months. For, for this real estate guy. And, and what led you to, to giving up your time to this one guy for, for nine months of your life for free? Because not a lot of people would actually do that. Yeah, that was, that was ter- certainly, I feel like that was the right choice at the moment. I just didn't really understand why. When at that moment, I was all into all the Gary V videos, all the hustle videos. And I don't know, man, maybe, uh, have you ever heard that one sentence that sometimes it like really resonates as true and you don't even question it just because you already know intuitively oh it's true so Mm. i've heard i've had a few of those that one sentence was that spend like the early times building skills and just not focus on the money just build skills that eventually pay off i don't know why that just like ring rang so true at the moment so what i did really was just okay let me just acquire skills and the one Thing that I was really into was just was just marketing. I just really liked how it worked. Read a couple of stuff about it. Watched some YouTube videos about it. 
this guy came to college. He gave a class, right? At the moment, I was selling perfume door to door and just telling how this bullshit story about how I needed it because we were going to go to, I wanted to start a company, just complete bullshit, right? But they still, <laughs> like the old ladies paid for the perfume, which was actually really bad quality. But anyway, this guy came and talked about marketing. And I really liked because it was like, I really liked it because it was like kind of the first introduction I had to copywriting and offers and funnels. And I feel like from the entire college experience, that was the only one that actually like kind of resonated with me. So I just went to up to that guy and I was like, yo, I'll just work with you like for free. What do you, what do you do? Like, I just, I just want to do it. He had this real estate marketing agency and I just came in and I did like everything, like web design and like email marketing. But like, I kind of went too far to the extreme, which wasn't that good, which was just eat as much shit as you can and eventually you'll figure it out. I could have really not like had been there for nine months. I could have been there for like two, but I was still like, okay, someday this will pay off because um, I just, I just was, I just realized some, some days going to pay off. I didn't just didn't know how, but yeah, that, that was it. I just wanted to learn skills, which I did, which was a little bit of marketing funnels, email marketing and stuff. Yeah. And so I, I feel like we're living in this like age of entitlement right now where we actually have like this, uh, the, the anti-work uh, culture where people don't even want to work whatsoever. And for you, like here you are 17 years old, you're working for free for nine months, maybe a little bit longer than you should have, but you know, yeah. whatever. But, but what would you say to someone that, that, that is uh, just starting out? Um, and telling him the story that you, you worked for free at like 17 years old, uh, what would you actually say to them if they want to start out and start doing the things that you're doing, or at least making the type of money that you're making right now? I, I, I guess the same one, which is, uh, just, just learn skills. The, the two biggest things, like if you, if you could separate it by breakthrough moments, because as humans, we're like very tempted to look for the one thing, the one mm -hmm. breakthrough moment. But in reality, it's not so much a black and white kind of thing. It's more of a transformative process. So there's very few little cathartic moments, breakthrough moments that are going to change everything. But if I could say one that gets close to it, it would be learn one marketable skill, which everybody talks about this on Twitter. You already know. It's like something that can turn $1 into two. That's the biggest like way I look at it. So the way I look at business is like you're this little box. And people don't really buy email marketing or copywriting or web design. They buy the box in which they put $1 in and they expect to get $2 out. So learn a skill that can do that, which are, there are all sorts of those. There are copywriting, email marketing, uh, SEO, coding, lead generation. There's a bunch, right? Do your research. You know how to do this. And then once you learn that, the only two things, in my opinion, that you need are to learn how to craft offers how to make people say yes to stuff because there's a difference between mm -hmm. selling. I'll tell you like my difference in my first client and my last client, right? So my first client paid me $700 because I told them I'm going to write tweets. I'm going to write threads for you. My last ghostwriting client paid me $25,000. And the reason he did that is because I understood the power of offers because mm -hmm. the first client I was pitching him and like, I'm going to write for you. The second client actually had a $30,000 offer, right? So I told them, okay, how about this? I'll write for you for free. And then 
I'll just, you don't, you don't really care about how many tweets or threads I put out as long as I get your clients, right? He's like, no, I don't really care. Okay, so I write for you for free, and then you have $30,000 offer. You only pay me $25,000 once I close two for you. Deal? Oh, well, of course then. Then, yeah, of course it's a deal. It's easy. So when I understood offers, which, by the way, shout out to our boy Alex Hormozzi. I would absolutely <laughs> read that book a thousand times over. Amazing book. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. So I understood offers, high ROI skills, and just the third component is uh, off, uh, traffic. Just making as many people as possible see your stuff. Hmm. Because if you have a good offer and you pitch a billion people, somebody's going to say yes. And eventually you'll discover that it's just a numbers game. And that was the biggest takeaway, offers and traffic. And what would you say is the components to making a really great offer? Yeah. So I'll, by the way, this is nothing original. I took this from Alex. So there's like four things. Um, it's dream outcome, perceived likelihood of achievement, time delay, and effort. So those are the four things. So for example, let's let's go over my offer, right? Mm. Let's just craft one. Can we can we go over your first offer and the the first client that you had and what you actually said to them in terms of the offer and then what that turned into uh, afterwards with the last offer? Would that be yeah. cool? Yeah, good, 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 good call. Sorry. Yeah. So the first one actually didn't include any of those because I didn't understand it. Because I, I feel like people confuse your mechanism with the outcome. So you're not selling web design. You're selling, give me $1 and I'll make you two. Mm-hmm. You're not selling copyright. You're selling, give me $1 and I'll make you two. Like the web design and the email marketing, that's the mechanism. The outcome is the more money, right? So the first one, I actually didn't include any of those. I just said, hey, man, I'm just going to write this many threads and this many tweets and it's this amount of money. Cool. And just because nobody was doing it at the time, he said yes, because he would have realistically not have to say yes, because that was a terrible offer. <laughs> but if he did, that was the first one. I didn't. I didn't include any component. When I understood it, the four items, then it made sense. So let's go over each, right? First one, stream outcome. So what do people actually want in my space, uh, which is marketing and copy? It's just, they just want more money, right? So my dream outcome was, I'm going to make you $60,000, right? Because it's two services for 30K. So that was a dream outcome. The perceived likelihood of achievement is, you don't pay unless you get the two clients. So that way there's like a 0% chance you lose anything at all because I'm taking the whole risk. The time delay is um, I just need you for one Zoom call in which it's kind of like that. I just ask a lot of questions and I transcribe everything that's in the call. And the effort and sacrifice is zero because it's just one Zoom call, right? And the time delay is gonna take me like a few weeks to get to that point. But you don't really care because it's free. Like in the beginning, I only get paid unless I get the client. So you don't really care how, mo- how long it takes me. So when I combined the four things and I saw myself not as a mechanism maker, which is not as a copywriter, not as a ghostwriter, not as a fitness coach, whatever. And I saw myself as a little box in which they put $1 and they get more than $1 back. My business completely changed. It was one of those really like core beliefs that changed everything for me. $1 into two. That changed it. Mm. Incredible, incredible. And and I'm guessing like you learned this through a multitude of just like, you know, reading obviously like Alex's offers book, which is 
what I would consider the gold standard on offers, you know, the Bible, as, as one would yeah. say. And, and what else have you read to, to kind of get you up to this point in terms of like marketing and sales? That was the main one. And the other one was kind of just, just this bunch of stuff that I read from Twitter, which is you only really need uh, three things. Really, I always tell this girlfriend analogy. I don't know if you've heard this one, but this is like my favorite way to explain marketing ever. Yeah. So uh, uh, cool if I explain it? Yeah, of course. Uh, let's go. So yeah. let's say you want to get a girlfriend, my dear listener. You want to get a girlfriend, right? <laughs> so there's like you have either a traffic offer or a market problem. So let's say you're a good offer, meaning you're confident, you, you know, you're not needy, you work out, you look good, but then you don't talk to any girl ever. Mm. So that way you have a good offer, but zero traffic, you still don't get a girlfriend. Let's say you're the opposite, right? You're insecure, you're needy, you don't look good, you don't shower. And then you talk to 10 girls every day, you're still not gonna get a girlfriend because you're a bad offer. And then, but you have traffic, you're still, you don't get a girlfriend, right? You still don't convert. Mm. So in a way, if you have both, then the problem disappears because you're a good offer. And if you talk to as many girls as possible, you're eventually going to get a girlfriend. Like it's just, it's just going to happen at some point. But then there's a third component. What if everybody around your area is married? Then you're screwed, right? Then, mm. then it's a bad, then it's bad. So you need traffic market offers. So the main part that I learned, and I learned this kind of from cold email wizard mm. on Twitter, shout out, great guy. So he just says, very simple, dude. It's like, take an already existing business and copy it because if it's already working, it means it's making money. So then just copy and split and change something of it. So that targets the market problem. Building a Twitter account targeted the traffic problem. And when I learned how to create offers, it's game over. You get all mm. three, you win. Incredible. So let's uh, let's talk Twitter for a little bit because uh, you know both of us have been uh, growing uh, on that, and it's kind of like to me, it's like when I when I think about Twitter, it's like a little bit of a subculture, right? A lot of people, if you talk to them from if you talk to the average person, and you mention Twitter. You would either get like a 50-50, like, uh, you know, you get a 50-50 of like, oh, that's such a toxic place, you know, horrible, yeah. whatever it is. Uh, the other 50 would be just like, dude, like, I, I don't even know what Twitter is. I'm just like on Instagram, you know, the whole time. So when you're on Twitter right now, like one thing is one thing I want to ask is like, who are your favorite accounts that you love to follow? Oh, I'll tell you a few. Uh, Cold Emo Wizard, definitely one of the best, just because he's very honest about it. And the way I like he conducts business, it's your business is not about pretty stuff. It's just about making more money. So why are you not making more money? I just like how he talks. It's just really good. Call him a wizard. Lobo. At El Lobo Salvaje. It's a, it's a private account. Uh, he closed it, but it was, it was so good when he was public. It's still good. So I hope if you follow him, he attacks you. It's just so good. Uh, definitely that. Naval. I know you're a fan of Naval as well. He's Huge. really good. Yeah. I love Naval. I like Zuby. Zuby's good. Uh, Zuby's honest. He's one Zubi's of the most honest. honest Twitter accounts out there. Yeah, I and actually met him in real life. He's also that way. He's like super straightforward. Yeah, 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 I like the guy. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to. I had him on a podcast, and then uh, 
you know, I, I learned through that podcast that, you know, there are, or actually learned through the research that Zuby has like something inside of him that is, it's not like he lacks empathy or anything like that, but he's just very straightforward. He, he has to actually watch kind of like what he says a little bit because he, he, he just, it's kind of like he walks around like he really just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's got huge clouds too. Well, I had a story about this in Mexico. Can I tell the story? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I was, so I actually met um, Zuby in Mexico, right? In Playa del Carmen. And uh, before Zuby, I've had like one or two people approach to me like randomness and be like, oh my God, like you're JK. I know you're from Twitter. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, I'm a celebrity. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. And uh, so I was walking through Playa and uh, this, this guy spots me. He's just walking towards me, right? I'm like, oh my God, he's I'm famous again. And then he's like, oh my God, are you? And I'm like, okay. So he's going to say J.K. Molina, right? And then he's like, are you the guy that was hanging out with Zuby? I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck. No. Okay. So I guess I'm not. I'm, so, yeah, he humbled me in a way. He doesn't know this, but he humbled me in a way. Great. Yeah. Guy. How is it like to, to get uh, recognized in public because of your Twitter account? It was like really shocking at first. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, like this is, this is actually real. Because in my country, nobody uses Twitter, like, at all. And, yeah. So, it was actually shocking. It was, I don't know. It was... I wish I could say that I was like, oh, my God, it was game-changing. But for me, it was like, like, really? Like, it's like real? surreal a little bit, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little surreal. A little surreal when you get it. And it's just like... Um, and at the same time, you tell yourself, you're like, all right, just just don't let this get to your head. I'm like a... You're like a below Z level celebrity. At least, yeah, like, I tell surreal. myself that. It's like... Yeah. You've had that too? I've had that a couple of times. I actually had that happen to me in Mexico. Uh, I was at this, uh, I was at this beach at La Lancha and then uh, this girl was, uh, actually, dude, this, so I'm married, um, very loyal, you know, and I was sitting with like a couple of friends and then this girl, like, just like, you know, just from far off distance is just like waving to me and I'm just like, yeah, hey, you know, whatever, you know, kind of sketchy. And then uh, I end up going surfing. I come back, and then uh, and then uh, her and her boyfriend come up to me. He's like, "Dude, I follow you off Twitter, whatever it is." I'm like, "Oh, like that's why you're like waving to me. I thought you're just trying to be like, you know, sweet like that or whatever, you know, try to like you know sneak it in or whatever." But <laughs> but yeah, it's always like kind of cool, you know. It is cool. And yeah, it is cool, and it's just cool to meet the people that are like following you and the, the audience that you have. And all of them are pretty just like super down to earth and super chill. I was yeah. telling you before this, I want to do like a live event, uh, you know, pretty soon and just like meet the people that are reading your art, you know, my stuff and just like vibing with my stuff. So it's cool. At some point in time, it's going to happen. I've also found that people on Twitter are very similar. Like all, mm. the way they are on Twitter is the way they are in real life and yeah. vice versa. You know, yeah. I've, I've met a few and it's like, it's like, okay, so you're actually cool. It's like, oh, I like this. Nice. <laughs> Have you ever met anyone that was not like who they were on social media? Not really. Yeah, mm. Not really. Everything I've met, everybody I've met is pretty cool. I've met with a few of the Miami crew. Like as crazy as their Twitter is, they're that way in real life. It's actually really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And right now you're in Guatemala at this yeah. very moment. Uh, we were talking about the, the fact that you may be getting like a compound for yourself. And like, how, like, are you looking for real estate down there? Are you looking to kind of like settle into Guatemala? I think so. Yeah. I've been, uh, the, the fun thing I've found is that 
I've been looking into just helping people here with influence because realistically, like I'm, I'm nobody here, right? Like ever, yeah. anywhere, right? I just, I just made a little bit of money and that's it. I have done a lot. The cool thing is you can like go to high profile people and because Twitter has such high level information, they don't know anything of it. So what I'm doing that, you know, this might interest you and your audience mm. is sometimes I'll hang out with people like, High profile, right? I'll go to some of the best gyms because that is a good business advice, by the way. I sign up to the most expensive gym ever. Super good yeah. business advice. Yeah. yeah. So, and you just, all these guys, they all talk about money and business, but they don't like, that's kind of all they got sometimes. <laughs> so if you're like, this is how, okay, so this is how you count calories. This is protein. This is important. It's like, they take you as like the protege. It's actually super cool. So if you know stuff they don't, they really appreciate you. Like it's really sick. Really, and then uh, and then when are you looking for to get like mentored by these guys uh, that are in these gyms, so to speak? I don't. I'm not sure about that. I'm looking for like the, the cool thing that I like is like offline like access and yeah. offline influence. Because then, oh, like why don't you come to my club? It's like oh, you're in the best table of the club, right? It's like oh, why don't you? I know this guy. This guy's got a like a real estate compound. This guy owns this building. It's like yeah. super cool, dude. And you got there because you all knew how to count calories. <laughs> that's yeah. it. Super that's, cool. It's kind of dope. And you went through your own uh, body transformation too, right? Like, I did, yeah. We were talking about this before. Like, How exactly has the transformation in your body affected uh, your success or has it even affected your success to a large degree? Yeah, it's... One is I feel like people respect you more when you're fit. Yeah. So that's definitely a component. Uh, two, energy is a big part of it, dude. It's uh, Some people are like, oh, I don't have the energy to train. I'm like, that's exactly why you should train because <laughs> it gives you energy. It's, I'm, because a lot of my work is creative, it's a lot of creative writing. I've actually found that taking a notepad to the gym is really effective. It's like, mm. It gives me good ideas. Do you leave your phone at home and just not bring it with you and just bring the notepad? Yeah, I actually have two phones. One has everything and the other one's like black and white only has Spotify music and that's it. <laughs> no Wi-Fi battery runs out in like 30 minutes. It's actually garbage. But it's your mom really sees good. you, she's like, she's like, why do you have two phones? Are you like a drug dealer or something like that? Like, <laughs> yeah, what's so, going on here? Something like that. Something like that. Actually, that's a funny story. When uh, Because I didn't want to tell people what I did. Like back yeah. home, they'd ask me like, oh, what do you do for work? And I'll, I'll tell people, well, have you ever seen like pineapples and, and bananas and apples? They have this little sticker on it. They're like, yeah, well, I'm the guy that puts the sticker on the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, I was like, really? And they're like, oh, oh, my God, let's just change the conversation now. Like, we just don't talk about fruits at all. It was uh, so good. It was funny. Why don't, why don't you want to tell anyone what you do down in, uh, down in your hometown? It's not that safe, you know? So that's mm. why, like, I'm JK. I'm not my my name, you know. Uh-huh. It's like uh, Molina isn't my real last name stuff. So I just go by different stuff. Dude, I've been I've been thinking like your name has been JK Molina this whole time, and <laughs> I, I've been like, Yo, JK, what's up? What's up? It, it kind of <laughs> is. It, it it's it, it's got this ring to it, but it's not it's not the real one, you know. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Well, we're not gonna ask for your real name right now. Not gonna put you on the spot for that one. Yeah, but. But yeah, dude. Okay, so you know, going back to Twitter, you've grown your account from. Okay, actually, you've done a couple of things on Twitter. So the very first thing is is that uh, you've grown your account to over a hundred k. I think you're 
like as of this like recording you're at like 118k whatever it is and also you have built this very successful SaaS company which uh which a lot of people are using to to actually schedule their tweets and put them out now in regards to in regards to like okay so number one is like the first thing is like what exactly have you learned kind of like going from where you were before to where you are right now in regards to your Twitter experience and how exactly do you approach it now as opposed to before? Uh, and the second part to this question is going to be uh, more of the SaaS related things like how did exactly did that get started up? And, and you've grown it to a very uh, significant uh, monthly income level right now, which is uh, very impressive. So, so I guess it's two parts of those questions right there. Yeah. So the first question, which was like, how did my Twitter approach change? In the beginning, I was all about Twitter growth. So a thread did well. A thread went semi-viral, quote, quote, good, job done, good day, on to the next. Hmm. Now I don't see it that way. I w- I've had this thing, this little thing impacted me. This guy had like 2,000 followers. And I was making around $20,000 a month at the time. And this guy had 2,000 followers. I asked him, like, oh, so what's your monthly income? Because I was selling him. It's like, oh, I run a cohort to my 2,000 followers, and I made like $60,000 with a cohort at 2,000 followers, dude. I was like, there's no fucking way you did that. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting there with like so many more followers than him not making money. So the, the main thing that changed, and I kind of want to coin this term, it's likes ain't cash. Mm. So, of course, like you need you need a really like strong offer in the back end. So now my engagement isn't as like good as it was once, but my income has been up ever since. So mm. likes and cash, that was the main one. And the second one, the Tweet Hunter question, how did it happen? It was actually a lot of luck. Uh, so thank God for that. Because what happened was this guy's from France. The SaaS is called Tweet Hunter. Right? It allows you to schedule tweets. So the Tweet Hunter was already developed by two French dudes, Thomas okay. and Thibault. Right? It was already... Like what you see today is maybe, well, what it was back then is maybe like over half of what it is today. So it was already done. And this guy's told me, hey, man, like, do you want to do you want to test it? Here's a free code for a month. And I tested it. And the, what I liked about it, it was like kind of the same writing process that I had, which was essentially seeing what other viral tweets, how other viral tweets performed and straight up <laughs> just like changing a little bit of it and mm-hmm. using it for inspiration, posting it. I like that it included that. So at the moment, Colima Wizard uh, was launching his own SaaS. So the way I've pretty much done a lot of my business was seeing what's already working and just copying it. So I was like, why not? So I asked for equity in exchange for becoming their marketing guy. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. It was already done. 200 was already built. And I became their marketing guy. That was May 2021. That was May 2021. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, and yeah, man, so far we've just been growing it. Now we're at around $100,000 a month. Over $100,000 a month has been crazy growth. Amazing. And, and yeah, man, it's just, it's just been really fun. Awesome. And then uh, I, would, I would guess that you're a little bit more than the marketing guy as well because like your artistic quality and the, the kind of like when I think about Twitter, especially like writing tweets, it's like, it's like you have this fingertip feel a little bit, right? You have this understanding of like, this is going to hit, this might not hit, whatever it is, because you've written probably, how many tweets do you think you've written up until this point? Oh, I know. It's over 40,000. Yeah. It's like 
literally over four. Dude, that's a lot of tweets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 40 tweets, 40,000 tweets worth of, of knowledge right there. So I, I would guess that like to a certain extent, like your artistic knowledge is, is pushing um, the, the types of programs that you're putting out there, the types of templates that you're putting out there as well. Yeah. The, what I think set us apart and, and obviously there's bigger schedulers, but what I think helped the growth was that we never let you put out a tweet ever before you read the guide on how to write tweets. Like you had to, Mm -hmm. there was literally not a button that allowed you to do it. And because we understood again, this marketing and offers thing, you're not buying a scheduler, you're buying $2 in exchange for one. So Mm -hmm. other tweets, schedulers messaging was schedule your tweets, save time. Our thing was, if you don't make more money in a week, just ask for a refund, we'll give it to you. So that, that really helped, in my opinion, in the marketing thing. And then what would you say is, uh, let's just say someone's starting out on Twitter right now. Uh, they're just getting into the game. They're just putting their brand out there. And they also want to make money off of that brand as well. So you know, what exactly would the starting steps for you to be uh, if you're going to get them onto Tweet Hunter and also help them uh, turn you know, $1 uh, into two? Yeah. So in my opinion, the lower the follower count, the higher ticket the offer should be. Mm. So the reason why people can sell, like for example, Chris Johnson is a fantastic example of this. He sells low ticket courses, like maybe less than a hundred bucks. <laughs> like a multimillionaire every month. And mm. he has a huge audience, right? So we can't pull that off as smaller creators. So what we do is we include higher ticket items, $2,000, $5,000. So come up with a good offer. Again, it's kind of the same advice. So it's uh, get get a good offer, learn a skill, and then you're going to, the way you actually grow into it and get clients on it is in the beginning, I just want to like be very clear on this. Likes ain't cash. You're going to be tempted to just write the regular threads that get the most likes, which is like 10 books that'll change your life, 10 mental models that'll change your life, which everybody posts, by the way, everybody does. And that might get you likes, but likes in cash, right? So mm. what I would do is actually be very good at proving what you're good at, your expertise, which is the skill that you chose. So for example, if you're an email marketer, you could say, how I wrote this email that got this open rate and this many sales and this click-through rate. If you're a, if you're a fitness coach, how I helped this guy lose this many pounds in this much time. Like actually have cold hard proof of that what you do works because credibility is more important starting out. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have threads. Threads are the easiest way to grow on Twitter, in my opinion. So you write the threads. You're only left with one part of the equation, which is traffic. There's a few ways to get traffic, which is get people to see your stuff. One is engaging with other people. The other one is buying retweets. And the third one is running ads. So figure which one is the best for you. And this is where you're like, oh, my God, do I have to spend money? It's like, yeah, you, you have to spend money to make money. Yeah. So that's what I would do. That tackles the three part of the equation, which is market, offers, yeah. traffic. All right. This 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 actually leads into an interesting question. Like, what do you feel are like the biggest uh, Twitter cliches that are out there right now? Like uh, content wise. Yeah, content wise. Like, you know, one of them that comes up to mind is like the oh, here are the ten books and like blah 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 blah. Or it could be like, it could be psychology says. That oh my god! Yeah. Got- <laughs> oh god! Is that if you're whatever, read this. If you're if you want to have a six pack, read this. For example, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Or um, oh my god, there's so many. It's like ten books 
that'll oh 10x dude when they say 10x i just cringe inside because they say <laughs> that'll 10x your revenue in 10 days just this ridiculous promise that has like no base at all that one 10 books that'll 10x your productivity like what what does that mean like mm. what what does that mean when you're when you're in, in sales like one of my pet peeves is when people are not very like accurate which is why i hate linkedin because dude you'll go on linkedin and all the bios they're like i'm gonna break through the technological innovations through cutting edge technology that'll lead to business <laughs> growth it's like it's just complete bullshit right but when you go on twitter it's like i'll make you more money so that's what i like about it so when you when people go like with no base at all of what their content is going to mean i really don't like that which is why i hope i have over 1,000 people muted because it's just so annoying yeah. Oh fuck! Yeah, I don't like. That. I hope I hope I'm not one of those music guys right there. But. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. All right, you're not, you're so, not muted. Don't worry about it. I engage with yeah. you, man. I engage hmm? with you know this. I engage with I, your content. You know, I this. fucking I, yeah, man. It's like uh, it's like if if you're just listening to this right now, it's like I feel like you and I have like come up at the same time on Twitter, right? And yeah. just like totally different paths, but. It's uh, it's basically like we've seen each other grow for the past like two years, and COVID was like this. I don't even know this event that happened that actually brought together this new subculture of Twitter, yeah. this new subculture of dudes on Twitter. You couldn't even go out, dude. So it all just you couldn't even go out. So you know the saying like men would rather start businesses than go to therapy. So that's yes. exactly what happens. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of true, though. You know, like when I think about it, it's like a lot. Uh, you know, now that you own a business, you probably see that a lot of your personal, a lot of your business problems are actually more like personal problems, right? Mm, like, like the, the things that you don't necessarily see, and the issues that you find in business are the ones that you're not tending to in your own personal life. Whatever. Do you have an example of that? Uh, okay. An example would be like uh, uh, it could be ignorance so let's just say that there is this uh this this little fire that happens in your business but this little fire was a result of being ignorant and allowing things to to ride the way that they want to ride so i'll use like an employee for an example so you trust that the employee is going to do everything that you ask them to do you don't check up on this employee you are lazy in the sense of just like not checking up on their work and letting them do exactly what they want to do. Now, where exactly does this happen in your life? Where, what, what relationships or what aspects of your life are you necessarily being lazy in that you're just hoping that things will work out and that things will ride that you need to tend to? So that's like an example of one. Um, can you think of an example of, of one that maybe that you faced? A oh, bit? for sure, dude. It would happen yesterday. Cause oh, yesterday okay. I, I like, grilled cheese and like guacamole and like nachos and i was like when when i know for a fact that i ate a like caloric deficit i'll grab my fitness ball and i'll just check it out like oh yeah caloric deficit just like for confirmation yeah but this time when i just ate like garbage i was like maintenance whatever Mm. cool i just won't pay attention to it sometimes (laughs) yeah awesome awesome all right so you know, right now you have this amazing uh, agency. Uh, you have this SaaS that is just on this exponential growth curve right now. Uh, what would you think would have to happen in the next 10 years time to think that these last 10 years have been a success for you? Oh, man, that's a good question. 
honestly. Yeah. I um I know man, maybe this it's the Latino in me, but uh yeah. I wanna have kids early. I'm gonna have a shit ton of kids. Just How many kids? Oh, maybe like five two or like four Okay, five. you're twenty years old right now? I'm twenty two. Twenty two years old. Okay, okay. Twenty two years old. When do you wanna have kids? I think like twenty seven wouldn't be bad. That's not bad. That's all yeah. right. How many kids? Maybe like five. Five. Yeah, awesome. just just a bunch, just a son army. Yeah, that's like a that's like a starting lineup for a basketball team right there. Or that's you're one away from a starting lineup on the volleyball team. Oh man, I need six then. Yeah, yeah, you need six. Well, you, you know, six. there's sometimes there's a seventh player, so might as well just get seven. That's how that's how I'll pitch it to my wife. Hey, like, True, you seven. know they they have nines too, right? They got nines. Out there. Oh, yeah, for like, real! There's nine man volleyball. There's yeah. nine man, so you know that could be something. So what? What? what you know, we're, we're, what people may not be uh, knowing that what we're alluding to is that you are actually like a like a national volleyball player, right? Guatemala kinda. national, kinda, kinda. Close. You want to know, know the story behind this? Actually, yeah, funny. yeah, yeah uh, definitely. Okay. So I'm actually not that good at volleyball. So here's what happened. Okay, I so remember we, we were talking shit to each other about volleyball. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I remember yeah. We were talking shit to each other. I was probably bit. not. I was not <laughs> going to win that. But I'm one of those keyboard warriors at that moment. <laughs> so here's the story, right? So uh, you're Chinese, right? Yeah. All right, so I'm, I'm, I'm half Korean. So okay. I'm half Korean, half Latino, right? So anyway, if you're in Latin America and you have eyes like us, then your default last name is always, no matter what, it's going to be Chino. <laughs> that's it like it doesn't matter which asian region you're from like you're yes. gonna be chino right so yes. uh, that's your last so in my volleyball team in high school there were uh it was we, we had a bunch of people but there was me which i was an okay volleyball player and then there was this other asian dude who was incredibly good he was so much better than me at everything he was chino and i was uh i was just my name, right? <laughs> but because, because he got at the school before, like a couple of years before me, right? So he got the nickname Chino and not me. So this rumor started going around from my school that Chino from my school was an actually outstanding volleyball player. Mm-hmm. Super good at what he did. Not me, him, right? So anyway, we both graduated and at the volleyball federation, you can just go and like play on your own. Like there's nothing, like you can just play at the open court and do it. Like I, I got so lucky that day because I had the school uniform. And then the national trainer of the team, he looks at me. He's like, oh my God, it's him, right? So he just goes talk to me. He's like, bro, bro, are you Chino from that school? <laughs> like, I knew I wasn't, right? Yeah. Like, damn right I am Chino from that school, bro. I'm the best volleyball player I've ever seen. Don't worry about it. Oh my God, welcome to the team. I'm so glad you're here. And then uh, that was my first business lesson, man, which is, Get the yes and then figure it out. So that was super clue, super cool for me. I just got into the team. Eventually they kicked me out, but anyway, that's how I got it. I am a national volleyball like player. Yes. I'm not good at volleyball. It's, it's fake it till you make it. You yeah, know, that's that's what the word is, I guess. And then here here's the thing, you know, like there's a lot of talk of racism on like Twitter and whatnot and all this kind of stuff. But the thing is is that even then like even then, like uh, when I go to like Latin countries, I am known as Chino. It's like, oh, there, you know, there goes Chino, whatever it is, and and I don't mind it whatsoever. I, I mean, it's just like normal. But some yeah. people would actually be like, yo, that's that's racist. Why do you let that guy call you that? It's because I am Chino. Like I, I'm Chinese. Like that's that's what that is. What it is, you know? 
Yeah, it's more of an endearing way to say that. That's why there's like a lot of barriers between like English and Spanish, because Mm. let's say you have you have your (laughs) Uh, so you have your girlfriend. Right. So what do you call your girlfriend in in like English? It's like sweetie, honey, darling, stuff like that Mm. on uh, like on Spanish. You call her mi gordita, which means like fatty. It's (laughs) like you're, you're, you're my fatty or mi negrita. She's like my, my black girl. Like that's what you call her. That's what you say in <laughs> Spanish. And it's like super endearing. Like it's actually very accepted, but it does not translate like at all. Chino, you mm-hmm. say to your like close friend, if you don't like, if they don't like you, they're not going to call you Chino. They're mm-hmm. going to call you that guy. Hmm. In- very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and you also, uh, you also have a, an abuela right now, right? Yeah. Abuelita. Abuelita. Uh, have you been able to book a trip for her to Italy yet? Oh my God. This question's come up twice this week, dude. No, cause it's, <laughs> it's, it's this visa thing, dude. It's a problem, yeah. but it's soon. It's going to be solved soon. And that, Can you tell us the story context, behind that yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. For context is my grandma, like kind of pretty much raised me with my parents. So <laughs> I had three parents, like my grandma and my two parents, but, uh, she never asked for anything ever. Never. She never asked for, hey, can you pass me that bottle of water? Never. But one time, I don't know, we was just like chilling. And she just mentioned about how she watched this movie when she was a kid in Venice. And she fell in love with Venice. And she said, I just, I don't know, I just like to go to Venice. And I was like 12 at the time. But ever since then, my like absolute goal has been, I'm just going to take my grandma to Venice. And I just didn't have the cash. I have it now, but now I have the cat the cash. I don't have the visa, which is a problem. Mm. But uh, once I figure that out, I'm taking my grandma to Venice and just fill, filling that up. That's like one of my like very close dreams. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Do you have any other dreams that you want to fulfill? It's just the 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 Sun Army. That's a big yeah. one. Yeah. The Sun yeah. Army. All yeah. Suns. Yeah, I just want to have all sons, man. Oh my gosh, that's that's gonna be like a raucous house right there. Yeah, I don't. It's gonna be madhouse yeah. i don't oh uh, well I, I i just don't know I, obviously i don't know how to raise a son either but i just figured out in my head i'm going to be more related to that than raising a girl yeah because i yeah. just don't yeah I'll, I'll you know um you know I'm a, I'm a little i'm just a bit ahead of you but i would say uh th- throw in some throw in some uh you know some daughters in there as well it's going to balance you out and you're going to see a level of love that you've never seen before in your entire life but uh, I get uh, because the thing. Okay, so an example from my life, I would say, is like my brother. Uh, he's he's about two years older than me. Um, he first had a son, and uh, and then like my brother in general, he's just like he was like a hard ass, you know, like just like a, a fucking tough guy, you know. And then when he had his daughter, there's just this like softness to him right now that that you can't necessarily pinpoint but it's there and uh the thing with daughters uh that i realized is that someone explained it to me like this it's that she is going to be or you are going to be to her the only one guy except if she has brothers but the first guy that she knows in her life that is not going to try to like get with her you know Mm, you're going to be the only dude in her life the one dude and for uh, for a father to a daughter, it's like there's something about that opposite. There's something about the opposite genders that endears both of them together 
that gets both of them together that that I can't explain. It's uh with your with your son, I would guess like if I do end up having another kid and it's a son, you know, uh, I'm already thinking it's like, all right, you know, they're going to learn from me. They're going to learn how to do business. They're going to learn how to work out. They're going to do yeah, this, yeah, you know, yeah. like and teach them volleyball and whatever. And the thing is, like, I want to do that with my daughter, too. But it's there's just this like this love that you can't explain, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what it is. You know, so. You know, I don't. I don't think I've like influenced you to to open your mind to that, but but you know, just just open your mind that you know at some point in time maybe you want to get a daughter in there yeah. a little bit. Well, it's not like I can control. I can control it. It's not like you choose. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, maybe yeah. you know when you're 27, maybe like technology is going to change and you can just like choose the genders and and all that kind of stuff. You know. Maybe. So yeah. All right. So final question for you is uh, is you know let's just say you know right now. Um, you're at, uh, you're actually at a wake, and you're at a funeral, and you go up to the casket, and it's J.K. Molina staring back at you, and one of your closest friends, if not family members, is up at the the altar and, and saying a eulogy about you. What things would you want them to say and to remember you by when it's all said and done? Oh man, these are heavy questions. Yeah, it's a little heavy. Yeah. yeah, I'll I'll say I'll say one, which is, um, just the guy just followed his gut. For me, that was that's the biggest thing because it's it's led to the best things. I'm a I'm an Emerson fanboy. Like, I don't know if you ever read Self Reliance. I'm yeah. I'm just a complete fan of that. Like it's incredible. He he has a few things in there. Like he says, like we have expressed ourselves because we're afraid of the divine idea which each of us represents. There's some other stuff in there that is like, uh, like we should like be able to speak what we feel and see because if not, we're gonna take ashamed our own thoughts from somebody else. I butchered the quote, but something like that. <laughs> so my thing is, you need like when you follow your gut, you're, it's not gonna take you anywhere that you shouldn't. And following your gut is actually going to take you to the, the uh, like the biggest you could achieve, like the most farthest place you could ever go to. It's following your gut. So. Mm. In my opinion, the best things in life have come from just following that. So basically, it's he just did whatever the hell he wanted that was aligned with who he was. He never did something that wasn't aligned, which obviously I have done. But I'm like I'm reducing, trying to consciously reduce the amount of stuff that I do without consulting my gut first. So that's the biggest one. Yeah. Like, okay, so you're saying you're trying to reduce the amount of stuff that you're consulting with your gut at this very moment. That uh, reducing the stuff that I don't consult. Oh, that you don't consult. So everything is going to be done by like a, a kind of like whatever your gut tells you to do. Yeah, for yeah, that's a big one, which is hard to explain, you know, because you can't really explain gut, but you mm. feel it. You just mm. feel it in a way. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. and you got you got to train it too. You got to train the trust. That's what I realize about the gut. Because a lot of people don't, uh, whether it's like leaving a job that they don't want to work at or whether it's starting a business that they want to do or whether it's making a big move in their life, th- when you don't train the trusting of the gut enough, then you're not necessarily going to trust it in the big moments. You got to actually trust it in the small moments too. I actually have this thing. It's like, you know, I would go to um, to train my gut, so to speak. I would go to like clothing stores. And then, you know, when you go into clothing stores, it's like fucking hundreds of like choices there and one of the things i would do is i would just like be like all right so 
do I want to buy this? Or actually like, which, which piece of clothing do I want to buy? And I would just trust whatever, like the, the message in my freaking gut was telling me it would cause me to like, you know, spend some money. But, but again, it's just like one of these things where you just got to constantly train it and trust exactly uh, whatever the message is that's coming in from that gut. So this is really cool, man. Um, last question for you. It, what is one activity or person that makes you happiest in this world? Tim. Oh, wow. It's a good one. It's uh, I want to know JK. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> activity is, it might not be an activity, but it's a feeling. It's knowing I did everything I could have done that day, you know. And it's not, it's not about pushing myself to the limits. Never. Mm. Like I work like three hours a day. It's actually I don't work a lot, really. but it's uh, it's about just knowing that I don't know. I I took advantage of it. I, it sh- it just feels good. So right now I just wake up. I work. Then I, I eat, I eat, then work. I work out, work, I do jujitsu now, I train jujitsu, and then I just I just read, and then I sleep. So, and that feels good. Being in alignment feels good. So it's, it's that, man, just being in alignment with what I know I should be doing. Because I feel like we all kind of intuitively know what we should be doing. We just, and the more depressed you are, the sadder you are, it's because the more away from it you are. So when I'm aligned, it feels great. So that, just being aligned with me. Incredible. Incredible. Dude, thanks so much for this conversation. I really appreciate it. Uh, definitely appreciate the fact that we got to sit down and uh, have a conversation with each other in the first place. It's been a long time coming. And uh, and yeah, man, um, that's it. Is it. Where can people find you? And what would you like people to, uh, where, where can people access you if they want yeah, to man. get in contact? Appreciate it. So it's, the biggest one is at uh, one JK Molina on Twitter. So O N E JK Molina. I'm, I'm pretty much a Twitter addict at this point. So I'm going to see whatever <laughs> you send me. So I just like platform too much. So yeah, yeah, that was it. And thank you for having me here, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I have one last question. Uh, this is actually Twitter related. What so, do you think of, uh, what do you think of Elon Musk, uh, taking over Twitter? What are your thoughts around that? Okay. So that's a good one. I was talking yeah. about that yesterday. Yeah. Um, so Elon is, it's usually the good guy, right? Everybody sees Elon as the hero, the good guy, the great guy. But I don't know, man. You ever heard of the phrase, power corrupts, but absolute power corrupts absolutely? Yeah. It, I don't know, man. It kind of seems like that because I'm telling you, man, like, and we're going to get into esoteric stuff, right? maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's like the bad guy is never dressed as the bad guy. He's always dressed as the messiah. Mm. So... I don't know. Like, obviously, right now, I feel like what he's doing is actually pretty good. But I don't know, man. We are creating somebody with a lot of power. And yeah. that could yeah. be a problem. For sure. And there are, I mean, like, I'm a big Tesla and Elon fanboy. And um, the thing is, is that you have to always remember that incentives have to align. And, uh, and if you think incentives are a part of this whole thing, then... You're just living in this Pollyannish uh, society where you think like everything is like so optimistic. So, so yeah, we'll see what happens. But dude, again, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. If you want to access JK, if you want to follow him, go to One JK Molina. And uh, and yeah, can't wait to do this again with you, my friend. All right, let's go. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, Take appreciate care. it. 
thank you again for listening to the Dango Show. We have some amazing episodes coming your way, so make sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. If you're already subscribed and today's episode hit home for you, please share this episode with someone that you know who'd benefit from listening. Take care and see you every week on your favorite podcasting app. Thank you.